We'll be reading 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10. Just a couple verses for tonight. You may have heard of this uh, text as the prayer of Jabez before. Let's read God's word for us tonight. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. This is God's word for us this evening. There's a surface level reading of this prayer that you may have encountered before, and it goes something like this. If we pray for God's blessings like Jabez did, we will be blessed like Jabez was. If we pray like this, or if we pray this exact prayer, we can expect that God will bless us in obvious ways. We might hit some small bumps on the road, but if you pray this prayer, and especially if you pray it regularly, you'll be materially, spiritually, financially, emotionally, obviously blessed. And that's a nice surface-level reading of this prayer. You could read these verses and walk away with that application. And in one way, that's okay. Praying more is always a good thing. Praying the prayers that we find in the Scripture is pretty much always a good thing. And I think you could say that God does bless us in response to our prayers, but that that surface level of reading the text, walking away with just that message, doesn't really help us when life is tough and when it keeps being tough. It doesn't really help us to understand situations when we don't get the obvious blessings that we think we want. And I think that surface level reading doesn't really help us to understand what's actually going on with Jabez here in this, in this text either. So let's dig deeper together tonight. Jabez lived in the time of judges in Israel's history. And at the time of judges, life was miserable. Israel was conquered over and over and over and over again. And even when judges came and they delivered God's people and things were kind of okay, there was still a lot of trouble. All the judges were deeply flawed, and not long after they died, right away, the people would generally be right back under the heel of the oppressor. There was great pain and suffering in Jabez's life and in the lives, as far as we can tell, of pretty much everybody who lived at his time. And we can see that even from Jabez's name. The names that people gave in the Old Testament, often they tell a story or they express an expectation of what this child's life will be like. And in the original language, Jabez's name sounds like the word for pain. Jabez basically means pain. And part of that is probably related to his specific circumstances. Jabez, Jabez's little story here shows up in the midst of a lot of genealogies. And most of the genealogies there have sort of a father-son, father-son, or father-many-son sort of thing. And the text doesn't tell us anything about Jabez's father. For us, that's not a big deal. But in that time, to leave out mention of your father was to say something. Maybe Jabez's father was somehow dishonored. Maybe he'd been killed or carried off into captivity. But life wasn't good. The life circumstances of his family weren't good. 
And there's also a deeper element there, the way that Jabez's mother describes this should maybe make us think of Genesis chapter 3. And in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve have disobeyed God, God comes to them and he says, because you've sinned, a curse has descended on you. And part of that curse is the experience of pain in childbirth. Jabez's life was marked by pain. Even his name says that he was born into suffering. And in some sense, his name was a prediction. It was a prophecy that he would spend his life suffering. Things were not expected to get better. In a sense, giving this child the name Jabez was putting a curse on him, saying, you, you will live in pain. Now imagine giving a child, a newborn baby, a name like that. Imagine being in a situation where it would make sense to name your child pain and to expect that that's what their life would be defined by. And imagine the kind of circumstances that that child would probably face in their life. This prayer that we read about tonight doesn't come out of good times. It's not about good times. It's about bad times. And because of that, I think it can speak to us really powerfully in our, old, in our own hard times. Sometimes we talk about prayer as if our lives are good, but if we pray more, they'll get even better. Things are good now, but prayer can unlock even more of God's blessings in our lives. And to be honest with you, I think I've even said things like that sometimes. And taken at a certain level, that's fine. Our lives are good. God has blessed us in many ways. And I think when we pray more, there are ways that God does bless us more. But those blessings aren't always obvious. They aren't always easy. They don't always make us more comfortable. And they don't always come quickly. So this text invites us to reflect on the times in our lives when we struggle with pain, when our lives seem to be defined by grief and suffering, when we feel like we're praying to a wall or like we're praying to the sky and our prayer request just gets bounced back right to us, for those times when there seems to be nothing but pain. And it can be hard to pray in those times. It can be hard to know how to pray. And because of the sin, because of sin and the curse, to some extent, we're always in hard times. Life is always full of pain and suffering. Earlier in this service, we took prayer requests, and almost always, maybe not quite 100% of the time, but almost always when we do that, most of the requests that we come up with are about pain and suffering. Most of the time, if we sit down and we ask for prayer requests, we come up with things that are hard. And tonight, just like always, I suspect or I know there are lots of things that we, we aren't necessarily sharing with each other. Life is hard. But even in the hardest times, even when we feel like we have been cursed, God calls on us to pray to him. This prayer isn't about getting more blessings. It's not about getting our best life now. It's about praying when we feel crushed. When we feel crushed and we can't stand the weight of our struggles. 
This prayer invites us into a world that's defined by pain and gives us an indication of what we do in that situation. And what we do as God's people in that situation is that we turn to God. When the curse seems like it's going to crush us, we cry out to God. And so First Chronicles tells us that Jabez cries out to the God of Israel. He finds his hope in crying out to the God of his people. And he asks God to bless him and to enlarge his territory, for God's hand to be with him, to keep him from harm so that he'll be free from pain. Jabez isn't just crying out for more prosperity, for a little more money, a little nicer this, a little nicer that. He's asking for deliverance from deep pain and from real harm. And Jabez is asking God to be really present in his life. He's asking God to fulfill the promises that he made to his people. Ultimately, Jabez is calling out for freedom from the curse. He's asking for his life to be defined by something other than what he's experienced to that point. He's asking for his life to be different than what it looks like it's meant to be in this broken world. In short, Jabez is asking for salvation. And in that sense, these couple verses give us a window into the whole book of Chronicles. The book of Chronicles is basically about the question, does God still love his people? Chronicles was written after God's people had been carried off into exile. They had lost the promised land. They had been defeated terribly in war and taken away for a long, long time. And then after some time, they were finally able to come back to the promised land. But when they came back, things weren't real good. Life was still tough. And so they had to wonder. They had to wonder. Are we still God's people? Is the Lord still our God? After all these years of pain and suffering, in this situation where things just aren't right, is God still holding on to us? That's the big question of the book of Chronicles And it's the big question lying behind those couple verses that we read for tonight. And what these verses and what the whole book wants us to hear is yes, yes, God does still love his people even when things are hard. The verses that we read for today are part of a genealogy. And the first nine chapters of Chronicles are a genealogy. And for most of us, when we read those chapters, it sort of passes in a blur of blah, 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 and so on, and so on, and so on. But there's a point to those genealogies. Those genealogies and the stories we find embedded in them are Chronicle's way of telling us that God's people are still God's people. And they have always been God's people. And God's people will always be God's people. And God is always gracious and faithful and loving, even when life is hard. Even when our lives have been defined by pain, still the Lord is God of his people. And in Jabez's story, God clearly shows that he's with his people. He reverses the curse in some small ways for Jabez. We don't get a whole lot of details. We just are told God answers Jabez's request. So presumably this guy was blessed. God was with him. He kept him from harm and kept him free from pain. And sometimes that's the result we see in our prayers. We pray for some specific thing and we get it. But that's not always how God works 
in the story of our lives, at least in the small picture of our specific request. But there's a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture, the bigger picture is that even when hard times come, we are still God's people. Even in the midst of times that we experience the full weight of the curse, God is still with us. In these verses, we see that God blessed Jabez and granted his request. But really, the big request, the big request that Jabez had was for freedom from the curse. Freedom from the curse. And the answer to that prayer ultimately is in the coming of Jesus. In Jesus, God breaks into the pain and suffering of this world, and he takes it upon himself. In Jesus, God deals with all the nastiness of the curse in its full effect by taking it on himself, by going through the very worst of the darkness and then undoing it all. In its own small way, Jabez's prayer points us to Jesus and invites us to pray again and again that the Lord would undo the curse that we find in Adam and that Jesus came to heal us from. That curse was given in Genesis chapter 3, and at the end of Revelation, we're told that finally, finally, the day will come that there won't be any more curse. Jesus will be on the throne. He will reign over all things. All of his people will serve him forever, and our lives will no longer be defined or determined or filled with all this pain and suffering. Jabez's story invites us to pray even from the darkest, most terrible pits of our lives. Even when our lives are defined by pain, God invites us to call on him, to find mercy and hope in his son and his spirit. Jabez's prayer can offer comfort to us as we experience the effects of the fall, and it can point us toward Jesus, the only one who gives us real hope. When we're burdened by the effects of the curse, when our lives are hard, that's the time to go to God. When things seem impossible, that's the time to go to God. To ask God that he would bless us, that he would keep us from harm and deliver us from pain, that he would truly be our Lord. This text invites us to cry out to the Lord, When we feel burdened by how bad life is, let's go to the Lord. And we can know because of the whole story of the Bible that God has answered our deepest yearnings. When we pray for things to be right, we can be assured that God has worked in Jesus to make things right. And so as God's people, even when we undergo terrible things, we can be reassured that the Lord truly is our God and we truly are his people. And because of that, we have hope. Because of that, we can live in peace. Because of that, we can look forward to the time when we will be free from harm and free from all pain. And that is the greatest blessing we could ever hope for.